0: what we smoking this week, bro? Ah, this week we've got the Crown Heads, the Angels Anvil. This is a uh, TAA exclusive from way back in 2017. And it's like, but hold on, we're in 2020, approaching 2021. Why are you guys smoking something from 2017? Because we got that vintage shit, homie. And, you know, it kind of tied in with our topic for this week, um, which is also going to be Sort of vintage. And, our you know, timeless classic. And also, you know,
1: he's now with the Angels. We're talking about, you know, the legend of Sean Connery, who just recently passed. And, you know, just about every year, we haven't done one in a little while, we do a Bond episode, and we've been going through, like, each of the Bond actors. We kind of started at the, the newest Bond and worked our way back, and then we skipped ahead and did Roger Moore when and he kinda, passed. And why did we do that? Like, I don't know because I think the I think the, when we first started like the, the, a Daniel Craig movie had just come out, <laughs> so we started there and worked backward. But so f- now that uh, he is no longer with us, we are going to skip ahead and our skip forward and talk about Sir Sean Connery. Yes, so the O.G. Uh... Bond. So yeah, for for our past Sean, we throw up an Angel's Anvil
0: and uh, have a good smoke. Absolutely. So uh a little bit about this cigar. It's gonna be a six and a quarter by fifty two. It uses a habano wrapper. Um and kind of a mystery of the uh binder and filler. Um you know, this uh is produced at Esterno Paris Carrillo Junior's Tabaculera in the <laughs> Dominican Republic. Um Kind of limited. You know, you're going to have to find a brick-and-mortar shop that is uh, TAA, which we are fortunate enough to have one right down the street from us. Uh, Shout-out to The Cigar Shop. And uh, people's like, what's the name of the shop? It is literally called The Cigar Shop. (laughs) For all your smoking needs. Yes, absolutely. And I love this time of year, too, because now I'm starting to see all of the... Gift boxes and all of the you know how <laughs> you know, yes. and
1: uh, ashtrays and I all mean' the, as, all the
0: gift packs starting as, to show up as much as twenty twenty has been twenty twenty it's like nice to see some sense of normalcy, and so far in twenty twenty that's been the one place I've been able to find normalcy and <laughs> consistency,
1: yeah, with the exception of having to. Use the hand sanitizer when you come in. It's like, we don't care if you wear a mask. Have a cigar and sit the
0: fuck down. Well, I mean, it's kind of hard. Like, I mean, you'd have to get one of those, like, zip up, get mask or something if you're going to smoke with a mask. And, you know, people's going to be like, is this some weird BDSM club? It's like, uh, oh, you know, we got a lot of weird folks here, so it might be, but, uh, Maybe. I mean I
1: got one of those masks that have the uh, detachable like filter things. So I could just take one of the filters out so there's like a there'd be like a cigar hole in the side of my mask. I totally thought
0: <laughs> you were gonna say when you had one that had like, you know, the, the dildo on the, the mask piece. <laughs> no <you know? laughs> This was a normal mask with the little filters. <laughs> so you just unscrew on the vents, pop a cigar in there, you're good to go. Or your uh, screw on dildo attachment. <laughs> Never know, you know. I mean, might might be a good, you know. Look, you could use it as a defensive tool. You know, I feel like Q would have engineered something like that because it would have been, you know. Look, nobody's going to expect you to peck their eye out, okay? Like, here, Bond,
1: I've got you this special mask with screw-on dildo attachments. Multi-purpose:
0: one for the ladies, one for the lass. You know, you know.
1: Or he'd make some kind of weaponized dildo. It's a dildo. If you turn this knob, it's a laser cannon. No, <laughs> yeah, or, or
0: it could be like the cigarettes, you know? You, it's got a, you know, 80-yard, you know... <laughs> dart that... Yes, absolute little cigarette little rockets. little rocket, you know? Paint it red. Red rocket, you know? Nobody will see it coming. <laughs> Nobody God. will see it coming. Uh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, wonderful if... <laughs> cigar so far. Um,
1: Bit earthy. Um... It is one of those smoky bastards, too. We're already clouding up here in the, uh, nerd cave. Maybe, you know, it helps with that, you know, stealth mission. I mean, you create a big smoke cloud, and you can sneak in undetected.
0: I mean, that's the thing, dude. Who needs smoke screens when you got a smoky cigar? And this, this is a, uh, smoky cigar. Like, people's like, what do you mean when you talk about a smoky cigar? And it's like, not all cigars burn the same, um... Yeah some of them, the smoke dissipates quite quickly and in other ones it just kind of h-
1: hangs in a, like a thick heavy cloud and and then you know a few minutes in you can't see across the table <laughs> which is probably a good thing cuz
0: neither one of us want to make eye contact
1: Here's a reason this isn't a video show yet we realized we were
0: ugly <laughs> i've got a uh voice for radio and a uh yeah face for radio too i guess <laughs> So
1: we'll do a video podcast, but we need to, like, you know, animate it, just make cartoon versions of ourselves.
0: (laughs) Do you know how to do animation?
1: No. We
0: haven't even figured out how to do video yet. True enough.
1: Well, if you have to take on international terrorist organizations like Spectre, you should call in the Strike Strikeforce. Strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code CIGARNERDS for 20% off your order. And they come in tiny little tin pouches that can hide in your James Bond gadget belt. Or in the cup holder of your Aston Martin, uh, whatever Bond car you're driving. This movie, your DB5, <laughs> or the Vanquish. <laughs> that was a cool one too. Yes, the DB5 is like the OG though. That's like I always like it when it pops because Daniel Craig keeps popping that thing up too in his Bond movies. It's
0: like you just see that you're just like that's just fucking classic. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the reasons I played Gran Turismo so much is just because that was one of the licensed vehicles. <laughs> I was like, man, it kind of sucks compared to some of these other race cars, but at the same time, it's like, I'm Bond, James Bond. Because
1: <laughs> if you look cool, nothing else matters. Absolutely. And with that, we'll be right back. Dude, how iconic (laughs) is this? That jingle. Our gold finger. (laughs) Yes, we're talking about the Sean Connery era of James Bond movies. I
0: mean, and he's like the OG who started it all. Well, I mean, he's the one that bought, you know, or brought James Bond to, you know, mainstream, ultimately. I mean... Quick question. We all know John, you know, Bond as the uh the, the playboy, right? Um At any point was he a member of the Mile High Club? <laughs> Cuz that's the one thing that I don't think I recall seeing. Oh, well, let me see. I mean, I know he was in the plane and you know, there were some makeout sessions, but I mean, he definitely banged people in
1: boats and hotels and underwater I don't know if... Because I know uh, Roger Moore got it on in space. He was part of the... Yeah, yeah we're not talking yeah. about that guy. 100 Mile High Club, but... Yeah, I don't I don't remember Bond uh, getting any
0: uh, airborne action. So, yeah, there, there, there's that. But, I mean, dude, he's a modern man with a modern plan. Just <laughs> calm, cool, and collected. But he's got a special set of skills. And, you know, the first
1: of the... You know, these were all, of course, based on the books by Ian... F- Fleming, who, if, or Ian Fleming, however you pronounce it, which I've read all the Bond books. I've got them around here somewhere. If you've never read the books and you're a fan of James Bond, you should definitely read the books because movie wise, they kind of took the titles and left the story. So most the so if you read like some of the books kind of are, are close to the movies, but a lot of them, there's like, Hey, we just need a title for this next Bond movie we made. So we're just going to take the title of this book, and it's going to have nothing to do with the story of that book. So, uh, you know, it's especially the Roger Moore era. I mean, some of the Sean Connery stuffs a little bit closer to the the original books, but yeah, if you want a a, a new Bond <laughs> adventure, check out the the book versions. But yeah, the first movie came out in 1962, uh, directed by Terence Young, which was Doctor No, and it's kind of cr- you know credited as one of like the first the creator of the spy genre of film it was like you know the 60s and early 70s there was a a lot of spy movies that you that came out and it was kind of like you know so as this first bond movie was kind of like well the one that really jump-started that spy genre film
0: so i i don't know like I mean, I guess, you know, I I guess at the end, Bond's character was there to gather intelligence, even though he ultimately always ends up uh, (laughs) stirring uh, the hornet's nest, so to speak. You know, I mean, it's like, I I, I feel like Bond is always just one of those, like, anybody that's ever, you know, played a stealth-based video game, (laughs) at some point you know it's just going to go to shit. And I feel like and that's every Bond everyone. movie. Yes. Yeah, it's like it's like Alright, well, fucked up on the stealth, time to go fast and loud and uh make my presence known. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing, you know, double O
1: seven license to kill, because yeah, he kinda not not great in the uh the stealth aspects of, of the spy
0: craft. I mean I mean, especially when he walks up and like, I am Bond, James Bond. You may not yes. have heard of me, but <laughs> Yet somehow, everybody that is a you know some kind of uh you know super bad dude knows who the hell double o seven is yeah, and to... what happened to one through double o one through six there's several double
1: o's he's just the one that always gets the cool missions,
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean like okay, so you know let's let's talk about doctor no and I am number one. So, you would think number one would be going against 001, or 0000, 000, 000. I don't know. That's Double-Ott. Yes. <laughs> I'm Agent Double-Ott. That would be me. I'd be the guy that'd
1: be like... Codename Whoa. Buckshot. <laughs> <laughs> I could be that guy. And the weird thing is... uh. This first doctor no uh, James Bond is dispatched to Jamaica to investigate the death of the, uh, kind of the station chief, the MI6 station chief for that area, whose name is John Strangeway. <laughs> you know, shout out to our friend Strangeway, who's been on the podcast. So it's like weird. It's like, Dude, must... this is
0: going to be an episode of shoutouts. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like Strangeway has been murdered in Jamaica and Bond must go investigate. Like what? <laughs>
0: If we ever found that out to be true, we would absolutely have to go to Jamaica. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes.
1: Yeah, you don't see that many good spy films anymore. I think it's like...
0: Well, we were supposed to, and then this COVID thing happened, yeah, and... Yeah, I mean, well, we're still know. waiting
1: on a new Bond movie to come out. But back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, we were in like the midst of the Cold War, and... So, it was always easy to throw up Russia or China as, you know, the bad guy. Here we
0: are in 2020. How has that changed? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Maybe uh, time for spy movies <laughs> to make a comeback. It's it's okay to, like... Uh, they tried, and then talk, there was COVID.
1: <laughs> talk shit about Russians and Chinese again.
0: Like... We're, we're going to find out COVID was a Russian, you know, Chinese ploy to keep this James Bond movie from coming out because it was way too close to reality.
1: Well, it's just like in the modern era, everything is Middle East and terrorist related. You know, Bond can't walk into the middle of Iraq in a nice suit. Wow, and, uh... he went full
0: Japanese?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll get to that. But yeah, it's like you always see Bond like in high-end casinos and fancy suits. Seeing him in the desert with the, you know, with the, ta- fighting the Taliban would
0: just be weird. <laughs> I mean, he would just have to take it to the source instead of, you know, focusing on, you know, the... the he's going to have to go to the inner cities, you know, where the money is, where, you know, the, the high rollers are. Like, you can't tell me... you sent him to Dubai. He, he might yes. be able to fit in in, a, in you know, the high-end uh, areas. I mean, if nothing else Fast and the Furious is going to space, why can't we wait... Yeah, there was a lot of space yeah, involvement. Bond's I don't, been
1: there a few times. I don't,
0: <laughs> I don't think he actually went to space prior to the '60s. He tried to, but you know he fucked up before he was able to get onto the ship. But we'll go into that later. But yeah, Doctor No uh,
1: also introduced us to our our uh, running bad guy for the Bond films, and most of them was the kind of like the uh, Cobra to Bond's GI Joe is. The the Spectre, the shadowy international crime syndicate who, you know, kind of like the lot of the plots of the Spectre plans bonds were, it was, you know, rarely was it him actually going after Russia or Chinese intelligence. It was like Spectre, like trying to goad. The U.S. and Russia into a war so they can profit off of the uh, the chaos.
0: You know, is which kind of sounds a little bit like (laughs) modern life at this point. Well, I mean, that was the thing is, you know, it wasn't more so control over territory. It was basically a way that you know, I mean, Specter was a diverse diverse group. I mean, they had you know folks from. You know, all different nationalities, so it wasn't just like, oh, we're trying to be the next Germany or something. Um, It was more so, hey, we want to throw the world into turmoil where we control all of the economies and everything else in the day-to-day that makes the, you know, wheels of the world turn, so they have to come through our organization. It was the greatest uh, espionage endeavor imagined, I think. I don't think anybody's put a plot to that point. I mean... Dude, they had fucking spaceships eating other spaceships. <laughs> and they had, like, you know,
1: the, uh, as you said, number one, the leader of Spectre, who eventually we find out is Ernesto Blowfield. But you never really saw his face until... Nope, you just saw maybe the, t- the f- kitty cat. Was it the third or fourth movie? Mm-hmm. I think, like... Uh, that was the original Grumpy Cat. It did not <laughs> look happy. <laughs> but it was almost like... Uh, if you you remember watching Inspector Gadget, like uh, Doctor Claw or whatever, you never saw him. All you saw was his arm and his cat, and that's kind of how. I mean, they probably stole that from James Bond because we never saw Blowfield's face until I think uh, "You Only Live Twice" was like the first time they actually revealed his identity. The rest of the time, he was just a voice behind a wall. You could only see his like his hands and his playing with his cat.
0: I mean, dude. If somebody said, Hey, we've got a movie gig for you and all you gotta do is stroke a pussy, would you would you do it? <laughs>
1: Absolutely, and then you'd be disappointed if they're oh it's an actual cat. Fuck.
0: <laughs> okay. You're still stroking the kitty. And the kitty's very well behaved. Like it doesn't seem to be enjoying being stroked very much. It's more like, you ever let go of me, I'm gonna bite your ears. But uh <laughs> It's
1: like the cat's the really one in charge, Inspector. He's like, "You stop petting me, I will kill you." <laughs> that Surely <laughs> the cat has a German accent.
0: That's that that would be real life. <laughs> 1 billion dollars. What kind of cat was that? It kind of looked borderline Persian maybe, but I don't know. He was a big white fluffy bastard. I'm not sure what breed that is, but <laughs> It was a fuzzy terrorist. Yes. Literally.
1: <laughs> but yeah, d- you yeah. know,
0: it was a precursor to your cat. <laughs>
1: And Doctor No, like established a lot of the things that have blasted in the Bond genre throughout. You know, the intro of looking at Bond through the barrel of a gun intro that's been in all the
0: movies. Or the sexy lady intro. And then there's also the Or the Roaring Lion of Metro Gwenwire. <laughs> the title sequence music video. It's like no other
1: movie has like this like epic theme song music video at the start of the movie I mean, that's when they the roll the credits. It's
0: literally like you get your short snippet of what's about to occur, and then you get a five minute intro. It's literally like listening to our podcast, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's like everyone has either either some kind of unrelated like mini adventure or some kind of precursor to what's actually gonna happen, and then the music the music uh video segment before you get into the actual
0: <laughs> story, but so catchy though I mean, I mean, but then again, it's been around for. A lot of years.
1: 60 years at this point? I mean, it's 2020 now, and this first movie came out in 62. They've got something like, was it 25, 26 movies at this point?
0: But I gotta say, like... Even going back and watching these films from the 60s, they hold up quite well. You know, and like... I mean there's there's a couple of times where some of the explosions or maybe some of the green screen, you know, kind of, you know, car chasey scenes didn't quite hold to par, but then again I'm like, this was the sixties and they didn't have the budgets they do today. Yeah. And, you know, I I found myself enjoying some of these classics that you know, really I was kind of I'm sort of familiar with, but they were, you know, well past my time. And I I didn't really give the time a day, so that's one of the reasons I like the fact that we do this podcast, because I go back and revisit things that I miss that's like, well, oh, I've seen this movie and that movie, but I haven't seen the other four. And, you know, like just going back and watching everything in order from the Sean Connery era and I'm like Holy fuck.
1: Like yeah, and it was and watching Doctor No, too, there's a lot of the stuff that became big in later movies he didn't have. It was almost just a straight-up spy movie. There wasn't a whole lot of, like, Q-gadgets in the first one. There was no specialized car. The things that you identify well, with, I mean,
0: Bond. Dude, okay, the most classic Bond thing ever, the Walter P.P.K.,
1: Yeah, he gets issued that in this first movie. You know,
0: because before he was using what the Smith and Wesson, it was
1: a Beretta of some kind. Yeah, but yeah, it was like apparently he had almost gotten, and it was. I remember reading one of the books like that. He, the gun he had before, had a hammer on it, and it got stuck in his jacket, and he almost got killed. And that's why they switched to the PPKs because they were a hammerless pistol. And it was, but yeah, that was kind of one of the later books. But yeah, like this one, it starts with that him getting issued the new. The Walter PPK that
0: was so like, as a been gun guy
1: signature piece forever.
0: Walter versus the Beretta. I mean, there for a long time, dude. Beretta was... It, it, you didn't hear about pistols without hearing b- about Beretta. Yeah, but the one he was... Because that thing, too,
1: is like... Bond... The PPK is not a... What I would call a fighting gun. I mean, it's, it's a three eighty. It has six rounds. But Bond, even though he ultimately ends up I feel <laughs> having like we to should... use Valent, but if you're a good spy, you should be in and out, and like not, you know, reveal your identity. I mean, I've... so it's like the gun is just there as like a a just in case because you should probably, if you're a good spy, not have to use your gun. <laughs> but he's always outnumbered, like a hundred to one. <laughs> yeah, and somehow hits everyone shooting from the hip. These guys have machine guns and have him outnumbered, but nobody can can shoot Bond. But Bond is. Pull out that PPK, shoot from the hip, and hits everybody first shot.
0: They all went through stormtrooper training. <laughs> yeah, like that—that that was the thing. Like, one, there's, you know, Bond is not to be confused with like I. I, I like John Wick for the you know aspect that the gunplay is more realistic, <laughs> whereas with Bond it's like at uh, you Hollywood being Hollywood, but, you know, I get it. Handsome guy, supposed to be the playboy, swooning all the ladies while he's on unofficially official spy business. <laughs>
1: yeah, and you never want to be the first Bond girl. Because it seems like every Bond girl they introduce at the first of the movie will somehow die. And then, like, you know, whatever the second Bond girl he comes across, that's the one that's going to make it to the end of the movie. <laughs> but they, they usually kill at least one Bond girl per, per film. So it's like you, you don't want to be the first one he meets because you're
0: probably something bad's probably going to happen to you. And, and well, unless you're Miss Money Penny, I mean, ultimately she is the ultimate Bond girl. I mean, I don't know, like I, I feel like it's just a constant, like you know, um, kind of sexual tension between the two. <laughs> yeah, because he's
1: always flirting with Money Penny, and she she's like the only one who's like.
0: Uh, kind of immune to the charm, but it's like, yes. hey, if you want to go and wine and dine me, great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's like almost
1: scared of her because she's like, yeah, once you make good on some of these promises you keep saying, and he's like, ah, oh, yeah, I got to go fight
0: Russians. Bye. <laughs> but at the same time, like she knows exactly that. Like, I mean, the two peas in a pod. You know, she knows exactly the game that he's playing, and yeah. you know, everything of that nature, and. <laughs>
1: Yeah, she's like, I see all the reports. I know you're a scumbag. (laughs) I'm not followed for this charm. No,
0: it's official business.
1: (laughs) The things I do for my country. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, the other staple of Bond films is Q, and you don't get him until the second movie. Or, well, you get the Q giving him his pistol in the first one, but it's not the same guy. In the second film, uh, From Russia With Love, you finally get, uh, what was his name, Desmond... Hold on, I'll find it real quick. Uh, but the Q, the one who, yeah, Desmond Llewellyn, Major Boothroy, a.k.a. Q, who's the guy who supplies Bond with all the fancy gadgets, and that was the one of the guys that, so, he was in every Bond film, even when they changed Bonds, Q was always there, up until halfway through the Pierce Brosnan era, he finally retired,
0: and I think he uh, died in an auto accident uh, not long after. So you were talking about some of the differences between you know the the books and the movies and everything. Did Q play as big of a role in the book series than you know, versus some of the movies, or was it?
1: I can't remember off. I know that he's in the books because uh, uh, whatever the the cool fancy uh, attaché briefcase that he gets in Russia with love, which is like. Pretty much the first Bond gadget you see, which was this cool uh, briefcase that had like hidden money, had a hidden knife, and even had a...
0: Built-in, like, fucking, uh, you know... Tear gas bomb, tear gas if you grenade. opened it the
1: wrong way. And a fold-out sniper rifle. That was in that book. So I'm like, there's definitely Q involvement, but the banter between Bond and Q through all the movies, you know, especially in the... Like the first Sean Connery days of like him, like stop playing with the gadgets. You're just gonna, you know, try to bring this shit back in one piece. It's like because <laughs> Bond usually blows up, breaks everything he's given in in the line of duty, and it's like Q is the one who invents all these things. Just like, damn it, you broke another one. Stop playing with my toys.
0: <laughs> it's like a, a, a at some point, you know, we're gonna run out of budget, but I guess not. You know, I mean. Whatever, the taxpayers will put the bill. <laughs> yeah.
1: For Queen and Country. Yeah, never... Uh, uh, where was I? Um, uh, for Mushroom of Love, yeah, that one came out the next year. It was like 63. And all these, like, Bond has been profitable throughout. I mean, the first one they did it on a a budget of a million dollars and it made like 59 million. the second one was $2 million movie and made like 79 million held like the newest ones probably had a fucking hundred million dollar budget, but, and whatever inflation is, I'm you a know, million dollars was probably a lot back then. Now that's like a small in- indie film, but yeah, they, they always like, it's kind of one of those things, you know, banking a bond movie, is almost like printing money. They're, they've always been profitable and the intro to that one too is weird cuz it starts off with
0: bond being killed. <laughs> yeah, that you know and you're like wait a second. what? Uh, we're getting a bond movie but bond's di- no, <laughs> bond never died. Yeah, it
1: turns out to be like a spectre assassin's training camp and they've got a a fake bond they're using for uh, <laughs> assassin practice. But I mean, dude, what?
0: What better training method than to be like you've got a live target. Like talk about, you know, weeding out the weak. Like, you come to our camp, best be prepared to, you know, um, fight to death. <laughs> but yeah. I I don't know. Then again, that guy did not quite move the the same way that our our Bond does. Yeah, the big guy that uh is like the
1: the evil version of Bond who's kind of yeah. You know, like their whole plan is hey, let's steal a Lector which is a Russian encryption device and we'll get the British government to do it for us. So we'll, you know, they convince a Russian cryptographer that, uh, you know, that they're going to do it. They're going to try to trap bond. And she thinks it's official Russian plan. And, uh, but it's really specter and they you know she, uh, is supposed to deliver the device to bond and then they were going to kill them both and frame bond in like some kind of, yeah, murder, suicide, blackmail plan to kind of discredit the British government.
0: Yeah, I don't. Was it this one we got introduced to Ajaba
1: or is that Goldfinger? That is the next one, which is probably
0: probably the one that most the best people, known of yes. the
1: Connery era, which is Goldfinger from 1964. But I mean,
0: from Russia with Love was not a bad film at all.
1: Um, and I like the because uh, it's set in. Was it Turkey? I think, and like the the kind of the the head of the I investigation how, you service know, Bond,
0: there uh, with his charm is just so easily able to flip. You know, these folks <laughs> yes. inserted by Spectre. It's like, oh, you're getting paid this much. Well, how about if I offer you this and uh, let's go to dinner? <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: no, the probably the worst of those is this movie because every everyone on of them, he like you know. Ends up seducing some girl sent to kill him, but then she eventually tries to kill him. But, yeah, you know, this is the one where he is introduced to Pussy Galore, which kind of the start of the oddly named Bond girls throughout the, the series and, like, straight up, like, you know, turns her into a good guy.
0: <laughs> Are they that, you know, oddly named? Or is it, you know, like, guys dig action movies. Guys also dig pussy. You know what? Guys will dig an action figure named Pussy Galore. <laughs> I mean, the the names out here. I mean,
1: Pussy Galore, Plenty O'Toole, uh, Zena on a top. <laughs> They've always got great names for these. Uh, these uh, it was it with the one in Diamonds Forever, Tiffany Case, man Amanda's like. That doesn't sound very much like a Bond girl. Like, no, she's a diamond smuggler, and her name is Tiffany, like the jewelry store. (laughs) It's literally Tiffany Case. She's a freaking jewelry case. It fits the whole (laughs) weird naming of uh, (laughs) your Bond girls. And I noticed, too, all the, like, assassin chicks that try to seduce Bond, they're all redheads. Like, all the redheads turn out to be evil. (laughs) Didn't
0: you marry a redhead?
1: I still stand by my statement. (laughs)
0: Does she listen to this podcast? No, bro. Are, are, are you in danger? Is this is this your secret cry for help? I
1: <laughs> told her the same thing. I was like, you notice all the all the girls that work for Spectre turn out to be redheads, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah, sign of danger. You there? That that's Bond's weakness. He's like, oh shit, there's a redhead, and she's trying to kill me. <laughs>
0: Is that not secretly uh, most guys' weakness? <laughs> They'll swallow your soul.
1: But yeah, Gold, Goldfinger probably one of the of the Sean Connery era is probably the most popular. You know, three million made one hundred and twenty-five. But I but, mean that intro song,
0: Goldfinger. Oh yeah not do that justice, but whatever. I'm not a vocalist, dude. I'm just on a podcast. <laughs> but I also
1: introduced the Bond car. This was like the first movie where he had a signature badass vehicle with with all the gadgets and toys, which, like I said, even in the uh, Daniel Craig versions, they keep bringing back that, you know, that Aston Martin DB5. It's like, it's just the classic Bond car. But yeah, this is kind of the, the first movie where that started, and also the first movie where the bad guy, uh, Goldfinger, has a cool henchman. Like, cool henchman became a thing, like, after this movie. Where, like, you know your bad guy always has, like, some kind of memorable chief enforcer guy. In this one, it was a, a butler with a... It was Raiden. Yeah, with a, a hat with a blade in it. No, that was... Oh, I wasn't Raiden, it was uh,
0: I thought Raiden threw the hat.
1: No, Raiden had the lightning bolts. It was a... Uh, I also
0: thought... To throw the hat, uh, not Kano. Uh, Kung Lao, Kung oh. Lao was the hat guy. <laughs> I think him and Raiden both could throw hats. I don't remember, dude. We got a, we got an upper Mortal Kombat game. Yeah, it's been. a But middle. I will agree with your thing that this put you know badass henchmen, you know, assistants on the map.
1: I mean, because this was pre Jaws. Jaws was kind of the next big Bond henchman that uh, we got in the uh, Roger Moore era. But yeah odd job was like the like og badass henchman didn't really say a whole lot just kind
0: of threw his hat and killed people like that was the thing though like so many times he threw his hat and it's like bond pick up the fucking hat like he can't throw it at you if you have it in your possession oh wait you left it on the ground (laughs) wait a second like if i see a thing like hey this has the ability to decapitate statues and it's right here beside me i'm probably gonna pick up the hat (laughs) but i guess bond you know doesn't want to mess up his uh his hair and everything else because he had that sweet comb over going on and stuff so yeah you know i mean or maybe the hat just doesn't fit
1: it's not as good as my fedora i'm uh (laughs) Uh, because that was the 60s when wearing a fedora was cool it's
0: still cool what are you talking about (laughs) That's why I stick, you know, exclusively to cigar shops and speakeasies. Still rock a sweet Pandora and people appreciate that shit. Damn
1: right. Yeah, and like, this one too has one of the most memorable kind of deaths too. This is the one where the girl got painted in gold and apparently if you paint your entire body you can, it will actually actually suffocate, which we did not know that was a thing until they did it in Goldfinger. Is it still really a thing? Because I feel like with body paint... Supposedly, you got to leave at least one part like uncovered. You can't do like a complete body paint, or you'll somehow suffocate. I didn't know that was a thing, but yeah, apparently, I, I think I, I saw. Feel it on like I feel like I can still
0: take oxygen in through my nose and my lungs. I would like... think
1: so too, but I think I think MythBusters even tried that one time to see if it was as as bad as they
0: say. Did you say MythBusters? MythBusters. <laughs> but Methbusters, that would be a great show. <laughs> Cops 3.0, Meth Busters. Oh,
1: no, it's still the same as Mythbusters, but it's just a bunch of meth heads testing myths. <laughs> Not people with any kind of, like, scientific or you engineering training. You ever play
0: with Tannerite? <laughs> you ever yeah. played with Tannerite after staying up for a week on math? Well, <laughs> I don't tell you why, I can't even talk. I've got no in my mouth on oh, math. All right, Boomhauer. <laughs>
1: But, yeah, of course, Bond seduces one of uh, Goldfinger's hench women who's helping him cheat at cards. And she gets painted gold and left in Bond's room for his uh, troubles. But, yeah, then you have. Uh, the whole plot of that movie was weird, too. It was like. What is that
0: game? Because I kept trying to figure out for the longest. I was like, how's this game played? What is this game? And I'm like, I don't understand it. And I feel like it's probably a very popular casino esque game that. Uh, the one they're playing
1: at the hotel is.
0: Uh, or is see. it strictly a European thing?
1: It's gin rummy. High stakes gin rummy. That's kind of an old people's game. I've never seen people play it for money, but maybe it was popular in the '60s. I uh, I don't
0: know that I've ever played rummy. I mean, I I I know. Like I, I remember
1: my like you know grandparents playing it, but yeah,
0: I've never actually played rummy. I mean, I I felt like I played a modern take on it called, like, Rummy Cube or something. But, uh, I don't know. I was trying to figure it out, and it just wasn't happening. And I was like, man, I'm not entering a high-stakes game of this because uh, I don't understand it.
1: That's like Bond played weird, like, uh, how was it? was it Baccarat or what was like another one of those gambling games? You see him playing in, in some of the
0: bond films that I'm like, like that was always my hesitation. With the about dominoes into, and I'm like, I don't uh, know what that is. To casinos as being like, I've seen this in a movie. I don't know how the hell the mechanics work or anything else. Like I'm going to stay far, far away. <laughs> yeah. I know it's you're playing something with dominoes. I don't know how to, I don't know how that works, but yeah, I've seen bond do it. <laughs> All right. So we just got to buy a bunch of boxes of bone cigars because they come with dice. Maybe we can figure that shit out. <laughs> Learn some craps. Uh but yeah the uh wait, we could just listen to Ice Cube if we're trying to learn about craps because you cut the craps show on MTV raps. <laughs> it was a good day. Yeah. Oh little bit a little bit of old, a little bit of new, a little bit <laughs> of you know, everything. Uh, we're your force you know, full source solution here at the Cigar Nerds Podcast. Check us out on CigarNerds.com. ESO network dot com. Shameless plugs all throughout. Like, Left Hand Brewing. .com. <laughs> My Adventures in Beer. I don't think uh, he's got a dot com yet. <laughs> Shout out to this beer though, because after a couple... Hey, you know what? It's been a long time since we podcast and it's like, I might be struggling with sobriety. <laughs> uh, I'm on an empty stomach, had a few beers, life is good. Why did we stop doing this? Uh, for this reason, we devolved yeah, so. you know, even <laughs> even more. Yes. Uh, I'd love to have a beer with Sean Connery. Toast.
1: Martini shaken, not stirred. It's behind your computer. I've lost, I've lost my uh, <laughs> my beer glass. It
0: needed a refill. Ref, refill. Refuel. Refresh. Oh, You can do that with the F5 key.
1: <laughs> yeah, the whole plot of Goldfinger is like, I'm smuggling gold, and I'm going to blow up the U.S.'s gold reserve. So No,
0: I mean, they're not even trying to blow it up. They're just trying to contaminate it for like the next like 60 years.
1: Yeah, he radiated it, so now his gold is worth more because there's less of it in the world, which is kind of a ingenious plot. You know, he convinces all these gangster guys to help him, thinking they're going to steal it, and he's like... There's no way you can move that much gold without getting caught. And he's like, uh, oh, yeah, actually I'm not going to move it. I'm just going to drop a dirty bomb in here and, and make my gold worth more, <laughs> which is kind of an ingenious plan. If he pulled it off,
0: I mean, dude, they were down to like the last th- three seconds.
1: Oh no. It in It always, when he diffuses the bomb, it always ends on double Oh seven. You always have seven seconds in a bond film before the <laughs> bomb goes off.
0: Uh I thought it was lower than that, but it may not have been. You might be right. In know. some of
1: the other movies, like the before this one, yeah, it did end because normally in an action movie, if there's a bomb in the plot and someone's it's gotta count to,
0: down to one, yeah, they're like, gonna
1: they're gonna shut it off like right at the last like one or two. But this movie is like it ends on 007, and after that, I think anytime Bond disarms a bomb, it always has to end on 007. <laughs>
0: I don't feel like this dude's old enough to go through all the training that mm-hmm. he's been through. Like. Yeah, he always seems to be an expert
1: on anything. Bond, we're sending you in to, like, you know, infiltrate this, you know, Russian vodka
0: ring. Oh, yes, vodka was invented in 1843. by. You know, like. But then again, like, I watch people that do Jeopardy, and I'm like, how do you retain all this information?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like he's, like, an expert on, like, everything they send him to infiltrate. Except for I do like uh uh Diamonds are forever which was uh you know toward the end of his run. This was the nineteen seventy one because Bond took a took some time off well we didn't talk about Thunderball but uh which was the next one after this came out in sixty
0: five. You got fire my friend. Uh yeah We're going to let the listeners in on the the behind-the-scenes stuff where, like, normally our lighters and shit run out of fluid because I feel like that's a real-life thing. People need to be prepared on how to deal with that situation. So, if you're smoking cigars, always have multiple torches (laughs) or matches. It's behind your computer. I thought my beer was behind my computer. Well, now the lighter is. (laughs) My computer hides everything. Like, at some point, can I get, like... Remember when we were kids... They came out with that VR headset thing, it just had like the eyeglass lens that flipped down. Yeah. Like, when can I get that? Like <laughs> From modern times. Where I can still see everything that's going around me, but I get this virtual you know,
1: <laughs> Yeah. See your notes in your headset. Yes. I you have like notes? augmented reality. I, I don't do notes. By notes I mean reading from Wikipedia. <laughs> but yes, John Carrie took a I'm not even reading from Wikipedia, shit. <laughs> like uh what a Thunderball was supposed to have been his last film. And he left, and they brought in George Lazenby for On Her Majesty's Secret Service. But then he came back in uh, uh, 1971 for Diamonds or Forever. And that was the only one where, like, as, like, because, you know, the head of MI6M is, seems to always just be, like, frustrated with, with. He's like, Bond's the best, so I can't really fuck with him, but he also annoys the shit out of me. <laughs> and they go to meet some guy, because uh, there's a plot about uh, there's, like, a smuggling ring of. Of a uh, diamond smuggling that later on we find is another Spectre plot. They're really smuggling these diamonds so they can use it for some kind of super laser satellite. But you know, they go to meet like the the diamond expert. He's like, What do you know about diamonds? He's like, Well, I know they're really expensive. Uh they replace the dog as the woman's best friend, and that's about it. <laughs> and Em's like, finally a subject you're not an expert on. <laughs> This is like, you know, because Bond's like always the smartest man in the room, much to M's annoyance.
0: I just want to know, like... Where's 001 through 6?
1: (laughs) They're off... There's a lot of bad shit going on in the world. It takes a team. I mean,
0: I get it. It takes a team. But at the same time, like... He brings in... 0012. Like. IG88, whatever.
1: Well, it seems like Bond always ends up in, like, the Bahamas or Jamaica. Like, it's like he. he Sean Connery's Bond spends a lot of time in, like. Like, paradise escapes yeah, for so the average. Maybe that's his, like, area of patrol. So there's, like, double O three is, like, in Iceland and, and you know, Siberia. And, like, double O
0: four is, like, you know, Mexico, South America. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> hey, you. you you were the first six to sign up, so you got the shitty assignments. 007's <laughs> yeah. like, wait a second here. They're going to shitty assignments. Um, Hey, guys, can I go here instead? Like, can I focus on the Caribbean? Like, yeah. The Caribbean and Japan and... Yeah, it's like... Like, I don't ever think, like, he's somewhere where he can't be in shorts and a uh, t-shirt. <laughs> no. Uh, and, you know, hell, like, Ian Fleming himself,
1: like, he had a a house in the Bahamas where you wrote most of these books. So I think that's like why, you know, Bond does a lot of stuff in the Caribbean and, and, and Bahamas and shit. Cause it's like, I guess that was Ian Fleming's like favorite area. <laughs> I mean, his state was called GoldenEye too, which is, you know, became a Bond, uh, film title later on.
0: It also became a really great video game. <laughs> Hell yeah. Shout out to the N64. <laughs> And other platforms that it may have been available on, but nah, you you had to play it on N64.
1: (laughs) Oh, but probably one of my... Like, Goldfinger is probably the most famous, but I think one of my favorite of the uh, Sean Connery area is You Only Live Twice. That is the weirdest one that, like, I don't even know if you'd be able to make that today because at one point they turned Bond Japanese. (laughs) Which he looked... Nothing like, like, all right, we're going to give you this bowl haircut, and we're going to, like, glue your eyes well, slanted. What I loved about this... And you're, like, two foot taller than everyone else in this Chinese village, Japanese village.
0: What I loved about the film is these people have spent all of their life going through this ninja school. And literally, he completes it in five days. <laughs> like... Yes. We need we
1: need to give you, like, a week's of training so you can blend in with my ninja operatives. <laughs> That's thing, too, is like, you know, nowadays, like, I think, you know, I don't think it happened until, like, the 80s where martial arts became big in movies. So it's like, Bond is not a great fighter in any of these movies. He gets his ass kicked a lot, and it's always just, like, basic, like, maybe, like, some judo moves, like,
0: flips and shit. But, I mean, at the same time, though, I think that's also what made the films great, is he wasn't, like, you know somebody super powered or super yeah, he wasn't strong. John Wicker. Or... He was, you know, just a guy that, you know, if anything resourceful. Yes. You know, um, as far as be- always quick witted, you know, his,
1: his wits and his words were his, uh, you know, best weapons.
0: And a gun that never seems to run out of ammo. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I remember some of the instances where he's like, that's a blah, 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 and you've uh, already fired your six shots. And I'm just like, and you got a PPK, and <laughs> you don't got no bullets left either, dude. But somehow you're still shooting. Like, I know these guys have got, you know, fucking AKs and shit, but somehow, you know, like, you should have shot six of them and had a reload. There, There's no reload. Oh. Yeah, the, uh... Yeah, so this one's probably definitely my favorite. And it had the weirdest plot,
1: to, like, Spectre once again is uh, trying to start a war between Russia and the U.S. by stealing spacecraft. This is, like, the first, like, really sci-fi James Bond movie where they had made this spacecraft that would go up into space and basically, like, open up and swallow U.S. and Russian Did they have a way to, like,
0: make their spacecraft launch so much faster? Because, like, it always showed, you know, the... The spacecraft that was being intercepted, being intercepted from the rear, but you launched like three hours after their <laughs> spacecraft. I feel like, unless you have like some superior rocket engine or something, like...
1: Well, there's two, like in this era of like Apollo spacecrafts, our ships just, you know, splash down the ocean somewhere where this one could like had legs and could precisely land inside of a, <laughs> a hollowed out volcano. Crate. I mean... Literally, it's 2020, and we've just figured out how to land spacecraft. You know, freaking Elon Musk. That's like, because people haven't rockets. been
0: watching James Bond.
1: <laughs> but apparently, Spectre had this technology in the in the uh, late 60s.
0: <laughs> I mean, we learned how to split the atom. <laughs> but yeah, the what I love too enemy base like, in the hollowed out volcano is probably one of the coolest. I, it's Bond cool. Sets. But here's my problem. It's like, this volcano's never erupted, it's dormant, and blah blah blah, and yet, you know, like, toward the end of the film, when they actually destroy the base, and you see all the lava, like, you wouldn't be damming up the lava. Like, <laughs> you don't have the technology and the resources to dam the lava. They probably had a lot of rocket fuel
1: stored in there. <laughs> it's like, the rocket fuel blow up and cause enough of a explosion. <laughs> But yeah, it's like suddenly it's like an active volcano. It's like the, the rocket blowing up is enough to, you know, punch a hole in the crust and reactivate this dead volcano.
0: And it just oozes out the side. Like, I, I feel like if there was that much pressure built up, like, that would have been, you know, fucking, you know, uh. What? Mount
1: St. Helens is like freaking. <laughs> Like, a big explosion. Your
0: your poor fishing village would no longer be a village. <laughs> yeah. That island may no longer be an island and then grew, like, eight feet.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, this has been, like, the first one that had, like, ninjas you know, in like, mar- martial arts action in it. But, yeah, the
0: whole, like... But I can appreciate that, though, from that regard. It just... From Bond's training to becoming a ninja <laughs> versus the actual ninja training, like...
1: Yeah, and, and Bond's like, uh, you know, the, the fancy weapons. He gets a uh, a rocket powered cigarette, which you know, Roger Moore was much more of a cigar smoker. Bond always had his cigarettes, but yeah, the the rocket cigarette, where like, if you're gonna kill me, can I have one last cigarette? Yeah, sure. So he couldn't he couldn't use that device nowadays because there's no smoking indoors. But back in the '60s, like, yeah, I can fire up a cigarette in this launch control room, and you know, use it to rocket
0: blast a guy. <laughs> Whatever, dude. I've seen the interrogation videos. I know that's how they bribe people. Like, you're about to be locked up for life. You want this one cigarette in exchange for some information? Yeah, I do. (laughs) Like, if ever I get that bad, like, if I end up in an interrogation room, I'd be like, you want your one last cigarette? Nope, I want a cigar. (laughs) And even then, I'm probably still going down. (laughs) But But I don't make you sit here for two hours while I smoke this. (laughs) (laughs) Like. So, about that information, what information? I don't know what you're talking about. Or <laughs> guns? Boating Are going to be executed
1: by the, uh, the Spectre be like, all right, can I have one last cigar before you kill me? Yes, but as soon as you're done smoking this, we're going to kill you. Yes, I'll take a yard and get that one that's like the three-foot cigar that takes eight hours to smoke. <laughs> you said I could live until
0: I finished my cigar. <laughs> you didn't say which kind of cigar I had to smoke. I mean that, <laughs> or just light it and let it go out. And be like, I don't know, dude, I still got a cigar left. I'm not done yet i'm just saying good plan but yeah that one had the smoking cigars will save your life folks we encourage everyone to smoke cigars yeah as long as you're about the age of 21 and even if you are just 21 oh and speaking what you so said earlier some of the that. times when the uh the effects didn't hold up this one had
1: the cool suitcase uh mini helicopter uh little nelly that, that, so you could scout the, the volcano and gets attacked by three
0: full-size helicopters. I feel like with as much bullets and everything else that's <laughs> flying, I'm sorry, Nellie, like, I'm doubting your ability. But it's pretty funny, like,
1: every time he shot down one of the helicopters, they used the exact same cra- crash footage.
0: <laughs> like, every helicopter went Dude, down do exactly the same way. How expensive it would be to crash helicopters? <laughs> they didn't have the budgets that we do today. True enough, (laughs) you know, but Hey, one of the,
1: well, we'll, we'll end on what's probably the worst of these, but the, the one that, that kind of is weird rewatching is, and this kind of rolls into what we'll talk about last is 1965's Thunderball. Like the plot of the movie is they use plastic surgery to make a guy look like a uh lice a, a pilot so they could steal a plane load of nuclear weapons and use those to blackmail the government into paying for the safe return of said nuclear weapons but this movie ends with probably a 15 minute underwater scuba fight but there's no sound cuz it's underwater so all you hear is like 15 it's like 15 minutes of action i got water bubbling with water bubbling, yes. It's guys fighting with knives and spear guns underneath the ocean somewhere in the Bahamas. But yeah, it's like at least a 15, <laughs> 20 minute segment with no dialogue. Just underwater action and constant water bubbling. <laughs> it's probably the one that like the weird, like, you know, You Only Live Twice had the badass
0: ninjas versus terrorist, like, yeah, giant fight then, in the volcano. Even then, they had piranhas. And I feel like maybe that is what gave us the, you know, piranha-esque horror movie that I guess was supposed to, uh, you know, well, somebody did a movie about sharks. Let's do one <laughs> about piranhas. And I'm like, piranhas are not like that. I mean, yeah, there's so much shit from, like,
1: other spy movies have ripped off. Bon- like, you know, nowadays, if you're going to be a badass villain, you got to have sharks or piranhas. You know, that shit was Spectre back in the day. They always had sharks and piranhas in their, in their,
0: uh, uh, freaking uh hideouts fuck that i'm gonna have cobras and shit <laughs> cobra Kai? yeah i mean like not like i'm not just gonna have a badass name huh? i'm fucking have cobras i'm gonna get me a license <laughs> so i can keep them shits be like hey dude you want to come pet my cobra <laughs> that
1: sounds like a bond pickup line. hello there you want to
0: come pet my cobra oh you like snakes huh let me show you the trouser snake But yeah, this one, like I said, trouser snake, Mister Bond. What's God, dude? All right, I'm gonna devolve a little bit. Oh yeah, porn parodies. What is the 007 porn parody? Double (laughs) O seven,
1: or you only come twice.
0: never say never. Butt stuff volume 12. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that brings us to the weirdest entry into the uh, Bond uh, era. Was it most of these are done by Ion Productions. All the Bond movies have been that have been released under the Ion Productions studio. They did a movie in 1983 called Never Say Never Again, where a competing company released a James Bond movie and even got Sean Connery to play Bond. (laughs) And it's almost a remake of Thunderball. They have the same characters of Domino, Largo, and the plot of stealing nuclear weapons to blackmail the world government's are all reused. <laughs> and apparently there's a huge legal battle because Ian Fleming was working on a script for a, a movie that never got made. And he used that idea to make the book Thunderball, which eventually got turned into the movie. And the people that had that original story eventually decided that they were going to make their version of the script into a movie, but somehow got Sean Connery to return and play bond in this <laughs> basically remake of Thunderball. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that was a weird thing. Is just like uh, I feel like I've already seen this. So, yeah, I I may or may not have kind of dozed through this. <laughs> yeah, even the, like the plot where,
1: in Thunderball, Bond is like recovering in like a a spa from his last mission when he accidentally kind of comes across this guy that they're uh, making up to replace the the pilot of the the nuclear aircraft. Where in this one, Bond kind of. You know, this was... Sean Connery was getting a little old by the time this one came out. and So they sent him... Uh, he failed like a... he like a requalification. And they sent him to this health spa to get back in shape. Where he, once again, stumbles across this plot. <laughs> yeah, Connery was like 52 at the time of, of this movie. So he's starting to get a little bit old to be the, the action star he was in the 60s.
0: Yeah, but he got the rack. Like... <laughs> Dude, like, this is a horror story when people's like, I went to the chiropractor today, and I'm like, that's the reason I don't go to a chiropractor. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't know how bad I'm hurting, so please don't fix me so that I realize it. Uh, yeah, it's like, old technology, like, oh yeah, let's
1: put in this machine that stretches your spine, I'm like, this stuff looks like a torture device (laughs) nowadays.
0: Nah, dude. Not at all. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna devolve into there, but no.
1: Not at all. <laughs> remember, like the old uh, exercise thing. It was like a rubber band hooked a machine that you'd wrap around your waist and it would jiggle you. And they thought that like helped you lose weight. Yes. <laughs> I remember seeing that like all these old like fifties and sixties movies of like the the belly jiggle band machine.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, you can say it's a core workout, but I don't feel like that's a core workout. <laughs> I feel like that's just you know. Some rawness developing on her belly. area. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Commands to jiggling. Yeah, the... <laughs> the name of this movie even came about because after, uh, I think, Diamonds Are Forever, Sean Connery said, I am never playing Bond again. And then someone offered him a bunch of money, probably. So they named the movie Never Say Never Again. <laughs> but then this time he truly said never again. This was his last run as Bond. But yeah, this is also the only movie that didn't have... Uh, Desmond uh, Llewellyn as uh as Q because yeah it was like we're gonna make this non Ion Studios Bond film but we we got the real James Bond which is kind of weird how that happened it was it's
0: just <laughs> yeah I mean that was the thing as it was I don't know this is probably the least Bond filling film for me yeah I mean because you you know you, you've gone through you know the the stretch of oh we have a Sean Connery Bond film every year. And then all of a sudden, Oh, there's been a hiatus and we brought back bond, but we didn't bring back the other supporting cast.
1: Yeah. Cause his last time as bond was in 71 and there were other bond movies with other actors that had come out. Cause this was like right in the midst of the Roger Moore era of bond. And I think there was even a Roger Moore bond film out the same year that this one came out. So it was like, it was just kind of weird and they kind of tried to it was the early 80s so they kind of tried to action it up more than
0: <laughs> than like well they yeah, also changed Bonners. it like this is one of the intro songs i was like all right you could definitely tell this is 80s like this feels less and less like a bond film and more like more and more like a you know synth
1: <laughs> synthesizers were big <laughs>
0: I'm 80s pop, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, so this was one of those that probably should have never been made.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, kinda... that's the thing is, that, you know, it Bond had such a strong, you know, like...
1: I mean, sometimes you just come back and it's just like, oh, dude, you're just kind of too old for this game now.
0: It's like, it's kind of sad. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, talking about the legacy of Sean Connery, like, okay, not for Bond, But, dude, he came back, you know, in a lot of great fucking films. It's
1: like almost old Sean Connery is almost as famous, if not more famous, than young Sean Connery from, like, the Bond era. I mean, you got films like uh, Highlander, Extraordinary Gentleman, Hunt for Red October. was uh, Was it Rising Sun? I think it was. But, yeah, I mean, he had one of those legendary careers where he was the man all, you know, probably up until his, I think it was like in his eighties when he finally kind of retired and didn't really, I I whatever. uh, I think extraordinary gentleman was like the last live action movie he may have did. I may be wrong with that. And I think he did some like voice work afterward, but yeah, he's one of those guys who's like, all right, I'm old as shit now. I'm going to retire to the Bahamas, And it's cool. You know, he, when he passed away, he was living in the Bahamas, where he spent all that time playing James Bond back in the day. He was like, I love the island life, man. I'm going to go back there and <laughs> retire there now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I don't know, you know. Like, I definitely, you know, recognize him, you know, from, you know, obviously putting 007 on the map and everything else, but, I mean... Dude had a fucking awesome career. I mean, yeah, everything from, you know, The Rock in 96, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen in 2003. Um, yeah, I mean, hell, The Rock. I mean, he was... That he was The
1: Rock before The Rock. I mean, but yeah, I mean, even at that age, he was still doing, like, action movies. <laughs> I mean, hell, The Rock could even been a James Bond movie where it's like, because uh, they were like, oh, he's like an MI6 guy that got captured and has been in prison because he found all these secrets for all these years it's like I was like this is almost like could have been a, a freaking bond spin-off
0: <laughs> yeah so i mean you know fucking huge shout out and fuck 2020 oh and i got
1: to say I, I didn't mention earlier we were talking about goldfinger it has probably one of my favorite bond lines where he gets captured by goldfinger and they got him to a table with like a laser going to cut him in half and he's like do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond. We expect, expect you to die. die.
0: <laughs> starting from the thing that you probably cherish most.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're putting the laser like, you know, we're going to cut you in half, but we're starting at your dick. <laughs> Which is unfortunate. So as we kind of wrap up our tribute to Connery Bond, uh, what are you think of this angel's anvil so far? Dude, I'm, I'm digging the cigar.
0: I... I think we struck a uh, nail on the head with a cigar versus beer pairing. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... There's a certain creaminess about the beer that works really, really well. And I don't remember what order we fucking released the segment. So if you don't know what beer we're drinking yet, well, that be, will be sure coming to up, stay uh... <laughs> tuned uh, for the Beer 30 segment because uh, we brought that shit back.
1: Yeah, that'll be coming up next. And yeah, it's everything we're going to talk about here in a minute, it... Paired well with the cigar we chose it because it's not a super powerful cigar. It but if you enjoy a
0: you know very flavorful, um, earthy, uh, very cedary ish cigar, um, I would say, I would say maybe a medium, maybe medium full. Yeah. Um, but not. And this is the
1: 2017 edition, so it may have mellowed a little bit. There is a. 2019. 2019 edition we saw, so there is newer versions But we of had this. to go with
0: the age, because, you know, just like Bond, before his age, you know, Don Petrium 55. <laughs> before the rappers found out what it was. <laughs> uh, Goldfinger. Yeah. I don't know, but the name, like, Goldfinger, like, I expected him to be able to touch people and turn them into gold, though. <laughs> I did like he was smuggling gold by building his car out of gold. So it's like... He's like, how is he smuggling
1: this gold? Oh, I take this Rolls Royce with me everywhere. Cut it apart. It's made of gold. And then build me a new
0: one. <laughs> Painted gold finger. <laughs> gold finger in your bowl. Oh. Watch out now.
1: <laughs> and with that, we'll be right back.
0: Gold finger. He's the man. The man with a mind. A cold finger Beckons you to enter his way From
1: Mr. Goldinger. Hey man, it's almost that time.
0: What time is it? Beer 30. The Return. It's Beer 30. Dude, it's been so long since we have did <laughs> one of these. Yeah, we're bringing back
1: an old school uh, segment that we haven't done in a while. Because we all went and, like tried to go on diets and shit. And... <laughs> I mean, we're still being a better us, I think. <laughs> it's like I, I, still drink you know, the occasional good bourbon, but yeah, it's like I haven't had beer with any regularity in a while. But something came out that uh, you enjoyed and wanted to wanted to bring back the
0: uh, the old segment. So what are we drinking this week, Brett? So this week we've got the Left Hand White Russian Nitro Stout. Um, Left ho- side, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, if there isn't enough. Uh, russia in the in the news uh we've got some more russia for you but um no i got turned on to this from uh you know a buddy of ours that we've had on the podcast a time or two uh shout out to jason heisch and uh his uh channel out there uh hit up facebook uh it's just my wonderful adventures in beer basically he takes beer and talks about it in everyday terms instead of trying to get all technical and crap like we tried to do at one point but you know, with beer comes good fellowship, and I was like, damn, you know what? Let's bring back a segment, because he introduced me to this, and I absolutely fell in love with this beer. Yeah, and any of you, uh, you know, the dude
1: fans, uh, yeah, it's kind of dude-themed, because his signature drink was the White Russian, and they even have a nice, uh, you know, bowling uh, pin on the on the label. And it's a white-style stout with coffee and vanilla added. It's so weird. I mean, it has, like, a nice, creamy, thick head like most of your, like, you know, like a Guinness or something like that. But then it's also this
0: just golden color. So it's like those two things don't normally
1: yeah be I mean, seen that,
0: together. That was one of the things is, um you know, as somebody, I know you are like I, and we love stouts. And I was like, huh, this is a stout. It drinks like a stout, but... You know, it's definitely blonde in color, and I guess that's why they call it a blonde style, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) Hence maybe the term uh, white Russian. But, yeah, um, you know, it's going to have uh, 8.9% alcohol by volume. Um, You know, it's got a little bit of coffee and vanilla flavor to it. Um, You know, one of the things that I'm glad to finally see on more craft brewery sites is serving temperature and glassware recommendations cuz that was the thing that actually got me into beer cuz i did not to me beer was beer and you know since then i've kind of bro- broadened my horizons and now as long as it was cold and got you drunk <laughs> that was yeah. all that we needed to know and and i learned there's beers out there that it's like i can't drink 40 of these uh <laughs> you know one or two is is kind of the sweet spot play some good old fashioned
1: edward forty hands
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: <laughs> so, um... yeah, it's it's weird because I say yeah, it doesn't look like a stout, but it, it definitely tastes like a stout. And I don't know if you've experienced like it's like a lot of stouts nowadays they they go heavy on the coffee flavoring, so it's like it's almost turning them into like a freaking IB uh, yeah, a freaking uh, IPA because there's, there's there's such coffee bitterness in them. Where this is more heavy on the uh I guess, like the cream and vanilla side of it it's like i'm I'm not picking up a coffee harshness. it's more of like a like a creamy cappuccino type coffee flavoring
0: yeah, I mean the thing for me is it's just smooth drinking, and if you like vanilla and you don't like the traditional taste of you know uh the hoppiness out of beers, like this beer is so smooth you almost don't get any hops in it. And I mean, it, it's just a nice, I, I guess almost like, um, like a milk creaminess. Yeah. You it's, know?
1: Um, yeah. I kind of say might be like a good, uh, dessert beer, but it doesn't have like, but it's, it's not overly sweet. Yeah. That's the thing. It's just like,
0: it's kind of cr- just like a creamy. I mean, this would be to me. This is, we talk about the winter beer, and we talk about, you know, especially as we approach Rumsgiving, uh, you know, and, um, you know, as well as the Christmas holiday, um, great for this time of year. Great cold weather drinking beer. Yeah, I like a good sitting by the the,
1: the fire pit uh, beer because, you know, it's like we get to sound like old men. We're like, ah, freaking everything's a damn IPA and the bitter shit. And like, yeah, I like, I like a good creamy beer. Like I like something that's like, you know enjoyable. It's not like I'm like, you know, I don't eat the sour gummy worms. It's like, I don't want to like, you know, my mouth pucker
0: up every time I take a sip. You know, I, I just thought of this. If beer was a Bailey's, this would almost be it. Heck yeah! You gonna, you gonna try drinking it out of a shoe? I, I, <laughs> I don't know if it's shoe worthy.
1: Do some watercolors. I mean,
0: you know, Bailey's is, you know, um, kind of on a tier of its own, but, uh, you know, this this is just... It's it's easy drinking, it's a delightful experience and you know, once again shout out to, you know, our buddy Jason for turning me on to this because I've been out of the beer game a while. I didn't even know such things were out there. And uh, you know.
1: That's one thing too. I I see a lot of the craft beers on Facebook like everything looks like a bottle of candy now too. It's like, you know, everything's got super colorful bottles like, oh, this is
0: like creamy donut. You know what uh, it is? Was then craft beer learned from the vaping industry?
1: Ah, so everything's got to be like super fruity looking and <laughs> and colorful and, and like oh this is a you know freaking Krispy Kreme donut candy, ale. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's like so it's like most of them like I see all these things on Facebook I'm like I don't want to drink that that looks like fucking candy. And yeah, not you know, to, to go back to Dennis I Leary. I want the... beer flavored <laughs> beer. <laughs>
0: but I, I don't. Maybe I want cotton candy beer. I don't know. I've never uh, had it. I haven't tried it. So I just don't know yet. But I I do see some of those, and I'm like, in a way, I feel like I should revoke my own man card for wanting to try it, but at the same time, I'm like... It's like a morbid curiosity. Yeah, it's like, I gotta get on a boat, because (laughs) if I'm on a boat, it's acceptable to drink something pretty. Yeah. And as a guy, you don't really classify your alcohol as
1: pretty. I mean, they almost are competing with the energy drink industry, because energy drinks always have like super colorful bottles to get you, you know, especially that was it. Bang Energy, like with a unicorn, whatever it is. And it's like, so so I see it, I'm like, is that a beer or is that some new energy drink I haven't heard of?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not not sure on that one. But anyway, this is the Cigar Nerds foray back into the world of Beer 30. Don't know the longevity of how long we'll keep (laughs) this around, but... As but, long as I got good friends making good beer recommendations, <laughs> hell, we might just keep on doing this thing.
1: Yeah, if it's if it's not a regular segment again, at least we'll, we'll pop this in occasionally whenever we uh, see something interesting. And maybe we'll try one of those super weird-looking, candy-looking beers and see if they, if they suck or not.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, To hear people talk about them, though, it's like... But it's usually dudes with man buns, and I'm like, ah, I don't know if I can trust your opinion. <laughs> but then again, the man buns outnumber us like 500 to 1.
1: Yeah, like the last, I went to a brewery the other night, and it was like, I was probably, at, yeah, at 40, I was probably the oldest person in there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's like. I mean,
0: at at 40, you, you know, you're above the, the brewery crowd age, you know. you're, you're
1: <laughs> Yeah, it was all like, you know, like college kids and
0: man buns. All right, all right, 40, you should be, you know, uh, hold on, well, I, I, I guess mean, at my we're age we're talking we have... about the Playboy of Playboy's James Bond. I mean, at 40, you should be putting on your Playboy moves, but now you're wifed up, so you can't really get away <laughs> with that too much.
1: I think when you reach our age, you got to go start hanging out in distilleries. It's like whiskey is still, like, manly, so, like, you, you can go to, like, hang out at the distilleries. your breweries now, it's it's the kids' game. Like we gotta go to distilleries and, and like
0: learn about craft bourbon and, and shit like that. And they, most of the time, welcome our cigars, which is also kind of old manish. Good thing I got the hairline for it. <laughs> and with that, we'll be right back. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now. And I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be
1: successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets. And they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention.
0: Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and right here on the ESO Network.
1: And welcome back. It's time for some science. We are going to learn some shit here today. What are we learning, dude? First we're going to talk about SpaceX. Not to be confused with Space Triple X.
0: <laughs> Wait,
1: they made a new Triple
0: X film? They absolutely should. <laughs> Triple X in space would be awesome. No, I mean I would love to see the, you know, the return of Xander Cage. <laughs> In space. <laughs> but SpaceX, I
1: remember a few months Don't ago... Don't make that shit.
0: We gotta copyright that <laughs> shit.
1: We talked about the... Kind of the test flight of the Dragon space uh, space
0: vehicle who took a couple... <laughs> who does not sound like it should be in a uh, Bond film at all. <laughs> took a couple uh, uh, astronauts up to the
1: International Space Station for a couple days kind of as a test flight. Well, recently... The first actual, like, NASA astronauts partnered with SpaceX sent the first, you know, working crew to the space station via a SpaceX rocket. Uh, The Crew-1 mission uh, lifted off uh, on November 15th, uh, delivering uh, the new crew of astronauts to the International Space Station, which will be there for, I believe it's like the next six months doing science stuff but one of the cool things uh about this uh if you remember from the test flight the crew took a stuffed dragon mascot with them uh for the dragon rocket you know not to be outdone the new uh SpaceX crew 1 uh featuring astronauts Shannon Walker, Victor Glover, Mike Hopkins and JAXA uh, uh J- no JAXA astronaut Sochi Noguchi, which is a Japanese space, uh, Japanese space, uh, their version of NASA, was uh, also along on this mission. They took a famous mascot with them. Baby Yoda is now in space. Yes, this crew took a stuffed baby Yoda to the International Space Station.
0: So did he return to his rightful home?
1: Now he's up there with the... in space maybe the mandalorian will pick them up uh, but yeah this is uh, this is like the first actual you know official working crew sent uh via the SpaceX uh commercial crew program and they have two more launches scheduled in 2021 that will make you know take more NASA astronauts up into space in this continuing program trying to partner with NASA with civilian space agencies uh you know so we're not you know creating all the rockets and shit, you know, we're sharing that with the private sector, which, you know, so far has made better shit than we ever, (laughs) ever did when we were in charge of space programs. Because I mean, that fucking Elon Musk shit just looks all super sci-fi and,
0: and cool. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't know, like this is doing the movie equivalent of what I think, you know, space should be. Yeah. And the astronauts, you know, like, when
1: they rolled up to the, uh, the rocket, they were all in like a Tesla SUV or some kind instead of like, so it's like, you know, roll up in your Tesla, get out like in your, your fucking badass, uh,
0: I mean,
1: I still don't understand. Things.
0: Like we got to like, where the fuck are the flying vehicles? We were supposed to have that shit in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. The eighties lied to us. Like they should be flying up to the rocket to board it.
1: <laughs> fucking jetpacks and shit, man. We need that shit now. And, uh, to kind of tie into our, our main segment, uh, now you can buy your own spy gadgets. Uh, a, there is a auction, a collector's auction coming up in, I believe, February of next year where, uh, Julian's auctions in Beverly Hills is selling a bunch of cold war era weapons and spyware from, uh, from collectors yeah, you know, it includes a bunch of stuff, ex-like KGB items used in the, actually the you know the bond, the '60s and '70s uh, like old school. One of the uh, coolest gadgets they're going to be auctioning off is a lipstick pistol called the Kiss of Death. a single-shot 4.5 millimeter pistol inside hidden inside a lipstick tube. It was issued to female KGB agents around 1965.
0: Why they gotta be assuming genders? <laughs> They also have why, some... Uh, why can't they assume as a dude I can't carry around a, uh, a loaded, uh you know, lipstick tube? How do you know it's not chapstick? Why has it got to be the lipstick?
1: I don't know, man. It was, it was the 60s. <laughs>
0: Things were so much
1: simpler. <laughs> yeah. There was defined gender roles back then. <laughs> they also got a couple, like, old school bugs used in hotel rooms in the 60s area, Soviet version. And a Soviet version... Enigma code cipher machine, kind of like the, uh, you know, the Lecter machine we talked about in the James Bond movies. Uh, they even have, uh, some replicas of the syringe umbrella, which was a famous Soviet spy assassins tool that basically had a, a hypodermic needle hidden in the tip of an umbrella that could deliver poison to someone you were wanting to assassinate. And it was, um, you know, most famous using this, the 1978 assassination of, Georgi Morkov, a Bulgarian-like defector. Uh, yeah, so there's like you know going to be all kind of like old school '60s spy gadgets that that have uh, that are going to be auctioned off. In uh, the auction is being held in uh, February 13th, 2021 at Julian's Auctions. If you want to look that up and go bid on your own cool spy gadgets from you know the Cold War
0: era history. I don't know. Then again, like I feel like that comes with like some level of paranoia. Like are you really about to apply lipstick? Are you pulling <laughs> a gun on me?
1: <laughs> I've seen like you know, even in this article they were talking inter- interviewing former MI6 like real the real James Bonds and they're like like most of that stuff's bullshit, but we actually do have a Q division. They like Q's a real thing, but most of our gadgets are way better than the stuff you see in the James Bond movies. <laughs> so, like, the legit spy stuff, it's like, ah, I kind of want to see what You like, remember as a kid, actually like, had.
0: buying those spy kits and nothing <laughs> yeah. ever working like it was
1: intended? <laughs> no. But they also said, like, we don't get cool cars, and, like, most of the time if we're traveling, you're like, we're on a bus and shit. So we don't get any cool Aston Martins, but all the other Q devices, yeah, we get those things, And but ours are usually way much better than the stuff you see on,
0: <laughs> on TV. I got a pull down rifle that I lost in the tragic boating accident.
1: <laughs> yes, submarine. That way you can get, go big and get y'all your. <laughs> I saw a meme and it was like it was like a fish radar picked up something weird today and it was like like underground sonar of like a whole bunch of guns at the bottom of the lake. <laughs> those are
0: big. Those are big fishes. Yeah, we're not looking for little fishes. We're looking for big fishes.
1: Hey, I caught an AK-47 bass. And speaking of
0: Bond I got gadgets. Saltfish.
1: <laughs> Saltfish. This actually sounds like a kind of a Bond uh, device. Uh, an Israeli company has built a new speaker that can actually beam sounds directly to your ears. It uses uh it basically uh beams sound waves in like a tight beam, creating a 3D bubble of sound around your ears that other people cannot hear. The system uses a sensor array to locate the position of your ears and actually moves with you, so you know and you know pockets that you know target of target that pocket of sound just to the user's ears using ultrasonic waves that direct the sound and then converge in the small zone. Uh, it's made by a company called Navatu Systems, um, but yeah, it's it's basically like you can crank up your stereo and no one else can hear you. They say it's so far it's like the the in the Gen One version, the you know, it has to have direct line of sight with the user, and it's you know not really made for if you're moving around quickly. So it's not something you could probably use at the gym. You should probably still probably use some earbuds if you're going to be you know jogging and whatnot. But if you're just chilling around your house and you want to listen to some good uh, Aussie and not you know, piss off your uh, your wife or whatever.
0: What if I want to listen to Post Malone?
1: Then you shouldn't, cause he's a th- he's a thief. <laughs>
0: But he did a song with Ozzy. He's got to make Ozzy famous. But with this, you can listen to him, and no one knows you're listening to him,
1: because <laughs> no one else can hear it. I mean, that'd be also kind of cool for like video games and shit. You know, if I, you know, want to be up late playing video games and I don't want to disturb anyone else that's sleeping, I got my just beam the sounds directly into my ears without oh, having I mean, to wear. it.
0: because
1: I mean, hell, wearing these earphones for hour and a half, two hours to do the record by the end, your ears are all sweaty and shit. So it's that's... like. That's be because cool. these are
0: cheap headphones. In nerd <laughs> news, we'll talk about gaming headsets and how they can change your life, because they've kind of changed mine, and it's uh it's kind of crazy. <laughs> so yeah, it's like it, it's going to be kind of cool
1: technology. Like I said, if you're if you're doing a lot of gaming and you don't want to wear a headset for hours on end, your ears sweating, this is something that can beam it directly into your head. And especially if you're listening some, to something embarrassing and you don't want other people to know you're listening to it. <laughs> no one else can. Like what? I don't know. Maybe some like, you know, Madonna or something. Whatever. Whatever's embarrassing these days. You know, I don't listen to any of that modern shit, so I want anyone to know I'm listening to uh, Cardi B and WAP or whatever.
0: <laughs> Dude, we listened to that at the bar the other night. <laughs> I can't believe they played that. that was That was awesome. Uh, I thought you don't listen to that shit
1: Only do it when it's like to make others uncomfortable in public <laughs> Yeah we went to a bar that had a Total request night Where they were playing music videos on the screen And so we went through and like Requested like probably what You know the most offensive songs we could think of To see if they would actually play them And they did <laughs> So yeah we, we played WAP and we played some uh Some Steel Panther <laughs> Which uh, was uh, uh Great in that uh, environment and finally, you shouldn't cook things in a hot geyser. A man was recently banned from Yellowstone Park for trying to cook chicken in one of the
0: thermal vents. I mean, what's... Why we're gonna give the uh, thermal vent Simonella? <laughs> well, apparently, in the thermal
1: areas of Yellowstone where you have stuff like uh, old fafer and whatnot, and several people have died from falling into these these, you know, pools that burn at a up to, like, you know, 200 degrees in spots.
0: Oh, yeah, that's not hot enough to cook a chicken.
1: Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, there have ways, there have rules and laws in place where you're not supposed to leave the marked trails, and you're also not to put anything into the geysers and thermal vents. So they found three campers with pots and were trying to, in a burlap sack full of chickens that they were trying to grill inside a geyser.
0: Yeah, at, at 200 and something degrees, Now nah, you're because what? What? What's the boiling point of water? 212? No, it's, I think it's just 100. Nah, it's higher than that, surely. Well, 100
1: degrees Celsius. Uh, yeah, the temperature range of hot springs runs from 198 Fahrenheit to 275 Fahrenheit.
0: So, I mean, at that point, so two 212 is the Fahrenheit required to boil water. So, I mean, how long does it take you to boil a chicken breast?
1: Oh, I've never boiled. I've always just, like, baked or grilled. I've never actually boiled a chicken, so I'm not so, sure how that works.
0: I mean, it, it it takes a bit of time, you know, at, at boiling temps. Um, but apparently, in Yellowstone, the hot springs have killed
1: more people than bears. And any other the wild yeah, animals. Yeah, that's because
0: bears are smarter than most people. <laughs> They've been living outdoors all of their life. No, I life. mean,
1: like, more people have been killed by geysers than have been killed by bears.
0: <laughs> oh, I
1: thought the bears were, like
0: hey man let's take a let's take a bubble bath
1: <laughs> but yeah uh apparently this uh uh the guy they arrested uh was fined twelve hundred dollars and gotten two years of probation and during that time of probation he is banned from entering yellowstone park so and if you plan to go to yellowstone don't try to bully chickens
0: and stay on the mark trails and just remember if you get caught with a little bit of weed it's more time than that <laughs> okay drugs are bad Smoke that shit before they get there.
1: And with that, we'll be right back.
0: And now it's time for All Things Nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. And in this week's rendition of news, we got drunk and we don't know things. Uh, I mean, wait, wait. We got drunk and we know things. I I don't know. What did we do?
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, we're continuing the... There's not a whole lot of news coming out, especially in the entertainment industry like we normally talk about because nothing's coming out.
0: Yeah. So, uh, well, I, I guess there's a few things. Um, there's a new Predator movie, and it looks like the director of Ten Cloverfield Lane will be, uh, you know, in the director's chair. Which I, never, um, I saw Cloverfield, but
1: I never saw got around to watching Cloverfield Lane, but from what little I've seen of it, it looks
0: pretty fucked up. So, I mean, I mean
1: this will be the fifth installment
0: shit. of the Predator series. Which I don't think I saw that last Predator movie
1: that came out. I kind of missed it when it was in theaters. I mean, the first two were iconic to me. I mean... Oh, yeah. And even, like, Predators. Want some candy? <laughs> Predators was was interesting. And the, uh, whatever, Alien vs. Predator, the first Alien vs. Predator movie. The second one was kind of weird, but... Yeah, that last Predator movie that just came out recently, I I never got around to seeing.
0: Yeah, I don't know, you know, I it's... Like, I grew up watching Predator on VHS. And there was something iconic about that character, you know. And, I mean, we, we've seen, you know, Predator get introduced into the Mortal Kombat franchise. We've seen, you know, the Predator introduced in... Uh, some of the Ghost Recon, uh, Wildlands DLC stuff. Um, I mean, he's even fought Batman in some of the comics. I mean, the Predator is like, yeah, badass. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Just... Wish
1: I watched a video the other day. Black Rifle Coffee apparently has a video coming out. Uh, I think sci-fi versus operators or something. But they bought a full movie quality Predator suit. And uh, they just did a video on the uh, full mag channel. Where they had some alien head targets and were shooting them with a forty millimeter grenade launcher, but they were wearing the alien the predator suit while they were sh- shooting the targets.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. You know, I've I've dug the first two. I'm like you, I haven't really seen the previous movies. I don't know how I feel about another one. You know, um, Patrick Aison is set to basically be the film writer and he did kingdom jack ryan and treadstone which all All of which
1: fairly good spy movies but
0: yeah it's like but i mean do you really feel like the predator is a spy movie though
1: yeah i know i don't know how that guy does with just a straight up sci-fi action movie but yeah but um the kingdom was a decent movie and uh like said the and this thing, I don't even remember any reviews of the last Predator movie that come out, so it can't have done that good because I don't remember hearing a lot of like positive hype around it. But I mean, it's a Predator movie. I'll probably give it a shot. <laughs> at least, I'll at least withhold judgment until I see a trailer.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's a series that we need to go back and explore. I mean, we talk a lot about sci-fi, but I don't think we've done much with the Predator series. And yeah, I don't uh, done it's. Fucking voodoo magic man. I don't recall us doing a
1: Predator episode. Uh, we may have to look into that as a yeah, as we're running out of. I content mean, we've talked here. a lot
0: about xenomorphs, but not so much about Predator.
1: Yeah, we did a straight up Aliens episode, but yeah, I don't think we've done any Predator stuff. We may have to put that on the future schedule, as you know, since we're in a drought of new content. And that's a thing that might might make an interesting amazon netflix whatever series like i mean you could have a predator hunting a different prey like each week i mean that kind of would be a you know if you do it from the point of view of the predator could make a cool like tv series instead of like
0: the predator well, being I mean, the I bad guy being was, like the some of the highlights you know from the earlier predator films is you just saw the three you know triangular dots and you're like oh shit it's about to get real <laughs> yeah um so, uh, another film that we've talked a little bit about. Um, Eddie Murphy's Coming to America 2. Because they've already been to America. I guess now they're coming back.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it got... Was it bought by Amazon, I think? Yeah. Since it, it was supposed to come out in theaters, and you know, there's well, no theaters, with, so it, it never with did. With the
0: COVID and everything else, we actually have a re- release date now from Amazon. And it looks like that's going to be on March 5th, 2021. So, right before the birthdays... Maybe revisit, uh, you know, coming to America (laughs) and see what America, you know, was like the first time (laughs) versus now. Yes, fuck you too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just don't know, like... I mean, the first one, like, kind of pushed the boundaries a little bit. And Eddie Murphy... I mean, he did a bunch
1: of family films. I haven't seen Eddie doing, like, the traditional old-school Eddie Murphy, like, balls-out comedy that he used to. But I've heard he's kind of trying to make a comeback. He's supposedly getting Netflix, offered him a bunch of money for a a stand-up special, which I haven't seen Eddie do stand-up in forever. So Yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of of like the the Bob Saget
0: of comedy where you saw him in these family-esque films but then you saw a standout and like whoa this isn't the same dude
1: yeah i mean freaking uh beverly hills cop and like all his eddie murphy raw like you know his old school shit back in the 80s i mean he was dirty as fuck and then he became got old and got kids and started making like you know uh dr doolittle in movies Fam-u- <laughs>
0: famutainment
1: yeah so yeah i would be interesting seeing eddie go back to his uh you know comedy roots because but the protocol correctness we have to use, we haven't had any good, like, adult comedies in well, a I long time. Well, I mean, that's time. the
0: thing. Like, as a stand-up comedian in today's climate, like, I mean, I'm sure there's still folks like you and I who... I mean, you still got people You know like, what? At the end of the day, words are just words. And, you know, it, if if you're so thin-skinned... I mean, there's plenty of comedy
1: comedians still doing edgy stuff. I mean, Bill Burr, don't give a fuck. Uh, even, uh what a shirtless guy, uh, uh, Burt Kreischer, fucking Joe Rogan, uh, uh, like, you know, uh, fucking Chappelle, like, all these guys are still putting out, you know, quality shit as far as standard goes, but Hollywood controlled movies, it's like, I haven't seen a good adult rated comedy in a long time, so yeah, I'd be interested in seeing somebody putting out that, you know, comedy for adults again that you know is edgy and non-politically correct and not worried who they're going to offend because that's was the best comedy back in the day
0: yeah uh i I don't know you know i definitely miss the days of uh you know george carlin i I wish he could be around for today to he would lose his fucking mind in this environment you know (laughs) rip on literally everyone and everything and that to me is what makes comedy great because you can touch topics that normally would be, oh, oh, no, we can't joke. Fuck it. Let's joke about it. If we can't, you know, you know, get past the despair and how bad shit is, then make it funny. <laughs> you know, give people a light edge to stop taking shit so seriously.
1: Oh, speaking of which, if you haven't watched it yet, you got to check out The Cabin uh, on Netflix with Burt Kreischer. That's got just some fucking
0: hilarious shit in it. Okay, I'll I'll be sure to check that out. Uh, I guess while we're um speaking of streaming and everything of that nature, because uh, that's the only option available. <laughs> uh, Wonder yeah, Woman 1984 um has decided that they're going to bring in a new holiday film called Wonder Woman 1984. Set to debut on HBO Max on December 25th, since they assume people will just be at home anyway.
1: Yeah, because you know, that movie is one that's was supposed to come out this summer, I think. keeps getting pushed, keep getting pushed, because right now, at least around us, there's no theaters that are open. So they're going to do a... It's going to come out in theaters that day, anywhere that there's theaters actually open, but it's going to go straight to HBO Max as well, which that's probably going to be a movie I'm never going to see unless it comes out on video, because I don't want to buy another <laughs> streaming service. Quick, free trials for everyone and uh, and look under your chair. Free trial.
0: And free trial for you.
1: But the HBO Max, I mean, they've they bought that whatever DCU app, so they got a lot of the like the DC shit's coming coming there. It's like the DC's version of Disney Plus. But so far there's just not enough on there that I'm uh
0: So once again, Disney will have join. all things Marvel and HBO Max will have all things DC. Pretty much. Okay. Got it. Good. Um, one of the cool things that I saw was, um, you know, let, let's talk about some events and some celebrities for a moment. So, uh, you know, here in Atlanta, Dragon Con is the annual event that we all look forward to thanks to COVID. We did not get to experience Dragon Con this year, but last year, um, you know, one of the signatures that I wanted to spring for was from an iconic horror, uh, icon uh mr robert england
1: the og freddy himself
0: yes absolutely well uh you know there's a little series on netflix we're approaching season four now uh have we got a release date on that yet uh, i don't think so sometime next year i believe yeah i'm not sure if they've Uh, you um, keep talking i'll google that (laughs) yeah it looks like the show is still you know was shooting as of March when the pandemic originally, you know, we were going to stop the curve and then we stopped the curve and, Oh wait, no, the curve keeps going. Uh, thanks government. Um, anyway, I digress. Well,
1: so far all they've said is it will not air next summer. So probably fall of next year. Yeah.
0: But, um, anyway, Robert England has joined, uh, for stranger things season four. I mean, that's kind of big dude. I mean, that's, that's big name Hollywood. That isn't, you know, hey, I'm, I'm a Netflix star on this little series. Um, so it's really cool that. And, you know, that show's you know, set in the
1: 80s and, you know, has kind of highlighted 80s culture. So, you know, I mean, they had the last season had legit 80s icon of uh, of uh, what's his name from Goonies. So, yeah, it's seeing, you know, Robert England uh, show up. And it's they gonna say that awesome. he's going to
0: play a uh, character called Victor Krell, quote, a disturbed and intimidating man who's imprisoned by a psychiatric hospital for a gruesome murder in the 1950s. Sounds a little Fred Kruger-ish. <laughs> I mean, what? Dude. Is he going to be Hopper's cellmate in the Russian <laughs> prison? <laughs> the, the Demogorgon versus Fred Krueger
1: Fight! Well, the Mind Flayer possessed uh, whatever, Billy, last season. So is Kruger going to be the new body of the the (laughs) Mind Flayer? I mean, but wouldn't that
0: be the the thing, though, that... Oh, shit. We're we're awake fighting, you know, all of reality, but when we're asleep, we have this other entity attacking.
1: (laughs) Or there's a thing where... Especially after he stopped being Freddy.
0: Wait, in the Freddy vs. Jason comics, was there a Demogorgon or a Mind Flayer or anything? I don't think so. Maybe in the Ash versus Freddy, <laughs> but
1: they put Robert England in a lot of like mystery horror movies as like a red herring. So you would like, there'd be like a killer mystery, like, and you'd be like, oh shit, there's Robert England. He's got to be the killer, and then he'd end up getting killed in the second act. So it's like they always put him in there as the decoy. He never turned out to be the actual monster or killer. So we may we may get that as uh, as well. It's like Robert England shows up and he just he you know turns out not to be the bad guy we all think he is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know. You know, maybe maybe he's the guy that jumps in and saves the day because you kind of anticipate Robert England and
1: Robert England playing a hero. That would be interesting.
0: <laughs> it would be like an M Night Shyamalan film. What a twist! What the twist? Uh, yeah. Um. Let's let's talk about some actual ghost news. Um, there was a trailer release for something that hasn't been on my radar yet. It's been a ghost, man. I had a fucking something fall off the wall the
1: other, last night. I was sitting in bed, and something just randomly Maybe that's fell just your the
0: lack of handyman skills.
1: <laughs> I didn't hang it. It's been hanging for years. It just randomly jumped off the wall. Well, maybe the wall's
0: failing. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it surprise me at this point? So, uh, yeah, we got a trailer for Mark of the Bell Witch, which is going to explore the history of the, quote, urban legend, and I'm not sure so much on how much legend the Bell Witch is,
1: because... It's only, yeah, one of the few hauntings that's actually witnessed by a president of the
0: United States. I mean, you know, it's on (laughs) government... It's kind of like legit
1: famous, yeah, it's on government record.
0: Yeah, um... So I don't know, you know, it might just be one of those that, you know, it's going to be uh, directed by Seth uh, Breedlove, who did the um, Mothman Legacy. Um, it's going to be a dramatized retailing of the entire tale of the Merciless Spirit who tormented the Bell family from 1817 to 1821 in Adams, Tennessee.
1: And if you go to Adams, Tennessee, the cave that the spirit supposedly came from, it's still there, and I believe they offer, like, tours of the cave if you want to go check out the legit area of the uh, Bell Witch uh Well, another story. thing
0: that I thought was kind of cool, um, you know, if you're not necessarily down with uh, the, the traditional Christmas and everything else, December 20th was, um, it'll be the 200th anniversary of, uh, you know, the infamous um event. Um, and this documentary is going to be released on that day. Sweet. So maybe we should go to Adams, Tennessee on December 20th?
1: Road trip?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, for those that are more interested in legit paranormal versus more just Hollywood magic. Take a road um, trip,
1: we swing by Jaegers on the way to... Yeah, I mean,
0: <laughs> maybe we do some fighting pistol before we, uh, you know, embark on the Bellwitch. Yeah. You know, hopefully modern weapons work on a uh,
1: paranormal... We'll field. find us a priest. We'll dip our bullets in, like, holy water or something.
0: Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> hey. bring, your, bring your salt. At at this point, you know... um. I'll I'll bring salt, garlic, um, you know, some pepper. You know, you you can't have a good cookout without salt, you know, garlic, <laughs> salt and pepper, okay? So, if nothing else, it'll be a disguise. No, we're not here to, you know, entice the spirit of the Bell Witch. No, we're just here to do a cookout here in Adams, Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. We heard there might be moonshine in these hills.
1: Hills, yeah. All
0: right. Uh any other Oh, yeah. Um I guess a little game I was looking forward to that uh I don't know, like, I'm so hesitant to now, to buy games the moment they release <laughs> that it's like, everything now has a day one patch. Yeah, and you know, like it, PS5's or, out, but hey, it's impossible we, to find. We, we have these things that we want to implement in the game, but they're not ready yet. But just go ahead and pay full price. Maybe we'll release them later on. So, uh, you know, Cyberpunk 27's 2077 was a big one that was on the list. Um I got to say I've I've kind of put it on the back burner. I'm I'm kind of embarrassed to say the game that I'm still playing a, right now.
1: A lot of good PS4 games and Xbox games coming out, you know, even though the new systems are out now if you can find them. Uh there's still plenty of shit to play on your PS4 until you can kind of find well, and
0: afford the new shit. I'll tell you, the, the game I've been playing right now is uh a little game called Snow Runner and it is basically <laughs> a uh A trucking simulation. So you've got big rigs, off road military trucks, and your (laughs) point is to, you know, complete objectives and tow stuff to other, you know, destinations. But for the longest, I'm like, man, why is there a good game that involves around snow and mud and everything else? (laughs) And this is it. This is the slowest paced, most (laughs) addicting game that. I have played to date. Do you sit uh, around play, playing uh, Eastbound and Down? <laughs> I, dude, like, me and, you know, a few of my buddies that played. like, we've all got, you know, handles and everything else. It's like, break, break, one, nine. I got to go 10-200. I'm pulling over here for a few stop. Where were, 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 you, were you inbound to? Uh... <laughs> and like, well, I got this uh, this this Chevy, you know. I got a Smokey <laughs> on
1: my tailpipe.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's, that's kind of the only disappointing part is, you know, like, the landscapes and everything look great, but there isn't, you know, other... So it's like a video version of Ice Road Truckers? <laughs> it almost is. And, like, I'm like, after playing this, though, I legit feel like my nerves are racked enough to where I might could be an Ice Road Trucker. Because, I mean, <laughs> dude, you're legit driving across a frozen lake and the ice starts breaking under oh, you. Shit. So you gotta, you know, figure out, like... Alright, where's the path? Or, shit, Ugh. I'm stuck, so I gotta use my winch. Or, now I'm really stuck, so I gotta bring out the fucking tractor and drive it halfway, you know, three hours away to fucking pull out this other truck.
1: Or I just want to play fucking Star Wars Squadrons and that new uh, Call of Duty Black Ops because it's, like, set in the 80s. Yeah, so...
0: <laughs> I, I don't know, Back man. Things like, were cool, man. <laughs> I do want to try out Squadrons. Um, but, yeah, like I said, for... This to be the slowest pace game I've ever played, cause you're literally like cruising through this deep ass mud hole at like twelve, <laughs> if you're lucky. Like it's challenging and it's rewarding, and I'm like, Where, where's this game been all of my life? And, and also, if nothing uh, else, it might help me, you know, to get my CDL. Maybe I become an OTR <laughs> trucker. Oh. Uh.
1: Another thing if uh, that's recently popped up on the Instagrams and stuff, was some previous news about uh, Chris Hemsworth is playing Hulk Hogan in a Hulk Hogan biop.
0: Dude, did that dude not get fucking ripped? Holy yeah, is, shit. I mean,
1: like, he was big as Thor, but now that he's trying to be 80s Hulk Hogan, I mean, his fucking arms are like hu- like veiny huge. It's like, there's been pictures of him training, like doing like, basically like, crossfit shit, flipping tires and stuff. But I mean, I was like, Hemsworth is Hogan, but damn, he is, like, fucking huge now.
0: I just don't know if he's going to get the accent and that, you know, California West Coast vibe that, you know... Yeah, brother! Welcome to Hulkmania, The yeah. Hulksters! Because, you, know, you
1: know, I've never heard him do an accent other than his, like, you know, normal semi-Australian accent that he But that he then has again, like, I
0: feel like there's so much Hulk Hogan from the 80s, they could just almost dub that shit.
1: <laughs> I just want to know if, uh... Macho Man Randy Savage is going to be in who's playing the Macho Man? <laughs> you can't have a Hulk movie without an appearance by Randy Savage. I mean, that was Break Hulk up to it, a Slim
0: Jim. Oh
1: yeah. Hulk and Savage were like the 80s wrestle wrestling icon and like uh who's big enough to play the the uh freaking the Hulk? I mean, was it uh Andre the Giant, I mean. Yeah, it's like who do we have big enough to play that nowadays?
0: Yeah, I don't know. But dude, if you go back and like watch you know some of the '80s wrestling versus you know like modern wrestling, like holy
1: shit! Like just the storylines and shit back in the '80s were were cool. I mean, they like nowadays it's like eh, whatever. It's like but back when I was a kid and you thought it was real, it was like
0: it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, uh, you know one of those that's like it's just quirky enough to be up my alley. <laughs> yeah. Like too bad I can't go to Hooters and you know watch it on pay per view. <laughs>
1: Uh, and with that check us out on cigarnerdpodcast.com we're on the ESO network at eso uh, network.com check us out on Instagram Facebook and Twitter at cigarnerdpod uh buy your shirts at realmensmokescigars.com get your energy drink at strikeforceenergy.com promo code cigarnerds go leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this and remember bond James Bond and this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom.
0: This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping at the Tea Public Store